Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, October 2nd, 2022, we continue our series entitled Romans, Gospel for All Time. Today's sermon, Christians and Opinions, will be taught to us by Pastor Thomas Slager out of Romans chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. But first, here's a quick recap of last week's sermon. We are people of the day. We're not people of the night. Walk properly. The night is far gone. That is your hope. The day is at hand. Christ's return is imminent. Walk properly. Walk in love. Show Scottsdale. Show Phoenix. Show your family, your friends, your world, etc. That sharing the light of Christ is identified by the way you love. You see, when you put on the armor of light, it's fresh faith in Christ. It's hope in Christ. It's love for Christ. Not duty, not obligation, but for Christ and Christ alone. Uh, Like Pam said, we are in Romans chapter 14. This morning we're covering verses 1 through 12, so I'd invite you to grab a Bible um, and turn turn there. The question we're going to be answering today is this. Is it okay for a Christian to... You fill it in. Is it okay for a Christian to fill in the blank, right? It depends on what we put in that blank, right? There's, there's some obvious yes and no answers depending on what the scriptures say. There's things the scriptures clearly testify to as sinful or not sinful, acceptable. There's also things called like the gray area where like the Bible doesn't clearly testify, talk about it. So what do we do with those types of things? Is it okay for a Christian to kill somebody? Well, I, I mean, thou shalt not murder. So that seems like a more clear one. Uh, is, it, is it okay for a Christian to just steal stuff that they really want to have for their own? Like I, that seems like more of a, more of a clear one. Like I, that's, that's, that's pretty easy, but what about more difficult stuff? Is it okay for a Christian to, now let's talk about doctrine, right? Within doctrine, it's understanding of who God is. There's things called essential and there's things called non-essential. Essential being the things like if you're a Christian, this is what you believe. There's no wiggle room in this. Essential would be things like the deity of Christ, that Jesus is God, not just the son of God, but that Jesus is God. Essential would be the message of the gospel, that Christ came and lived the perfect life for our sins, that he died a death in our place, that we deserve to die. He didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead, defeated death, that in Christ we could truly live. The gospel, that is an essential. But what about spiritual gifts? Is it okay for a Christian to speak in tongues? Now we're talking about the non-essentials. Is it okay for a Christian to speak in tongues? Some of you would say, no, it is not okay. And some of you would answer probably in some language I've never heard before and I wouldn't even know what you were saying. (laughs) Let's do this real quick. Everyone get your thumbs out. We're gonna do this together. We're gonna vote. We're gonna do a little exercise. I want you to tell me, is it okay for a Christian to do this or is it not okay for a Christian to do this? And when you are no longer comfortable playing this game, you can put your hands right back in your pocket. Here's the first thing. Is it okay for a Christian to dance? Just trying to see who, who's the boring Christians out here. <laughs> Some of you, it's probably not okay. You shouldn't dance because you're terrible at dancing. <laughs> Is it okay for a Christian to wear flip-flops to church? Oh, ouch. If you, if you went thumbs down, there's like 400 people in church that disagree with you this morning. Let's turn it up a little bit. Is it okay for a Christian to have tattoos? 
Starting to see some thumbs down. Is it okay for a Christian to smoke cigars? Some of you were like, (laughs) it's really great. Is it okay for a Christian to drink alcohol? (laughs) You guys are funny. Is it okay for a Christian to watch rated R movies or on Netflix, things that are TVMA? We got husbands and wives disagreeing. It's gonna be a fun car ride home. Is it okay for a Christian to bet on sports or gamble? See, we're getting some different ones now. Some of you are like, I don't wanna decide. There's the people next to me are my friends. (laughs) I don't want to offend them. What do we do with this, right? Because there's obvious clear disagreements here when it comes to matters of opinion. Things the Bible doesn't clearly testify to is right or testify to is wrong or could fall into the category of non-essential. What do we do with that? Do we just duke it out and fight and argue until we prove our points so the other person can see why we were right all along? Or is there a better way? Uh, I think the better way is what we see in our text this morning because that's the question he's gonna help us answer. What do we do when we find ourselves in that situation where we have differing opinions about the way we ought to live our life? Romans 14, one through 12. Let me read it. I'm gonna pray for us again and then we'll hop in. Romans 14, one through 12. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother, or you? Why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Let's pray. God, well, it's my voice that's been heard this morning. We recognize it's your word that's been spoken and it's your word that we trust is the authority for our life. God, more than just your word, we trust you. So this morning, we seek to submit ourselves to you to follow your word that we might live in a way that glorifies you, in a way that brings you honor, that brings you praise. Holy Spirit, today I pray that you would open our eyes to see things clearly, open our ears to hear clearly, open our mind to understand, our heart to love, and our mouths to speak of the majesty of who Jesus Christ is. God, would that be our focus, spreading the gospel and sharing the love of Christ more than being right. God, this morning, would we seek to be faithful to you and faithful to your word. God, we love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Hey, there's two categories we're going to see in this, this uh, text this morning. The first category uh, is the weak brother, and then the second category is the strong brother. Interestingly enough, the weaker brother here is the more religious one, as we're going to see. The stronger brother is the one with not as much baggage, who's just living his life and trusting in the Lord. We're also going to see two different illustrations brought up over the course of this passage, and then a third one introduced next week. Uh, when Pastor Bob covers the remainder of chapter 14. We're going to see some disputes over diets, disputes over days, and then also a dispute over drinking. What should a Christian eat? What days should a Christian celebrate? And then thirdly, is a Christian allowed to drink? That's what we see over the course of this passage. He begins in verse 1. The very first thing we're going to see is he tells us, don't quarrel over personal opinions. Don't quarrel over personal opinions. We see this in verses one through four. Beginning in verse one, he says, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. As for the one who is weak in faith, this is the one that's more religious, the one that's doing and saying all the things that they think are right to do and say. As for the one with a differing opinion than you, the very first thing we're told to do is welcome them. Someone has a differing opinion Welcome them. See, the world tells us if someone has a differing opinion, shun them. Surround yourself with your own echo chamber and your own people who will reinforce everything you think and believe rather than introducing and welcoming a new opinion into your life. God tells us here, do, do different actually than the world would tell you. The world would say if someone has a differing opinion than you, then don't listen. They're wrong. Here the Lord says, if someone has a different opinion, welcome them. Welcome them in. So we can prove a point, right? Welcome them in so we can like, it's a bait and switch. I'd love to have you over for dinner. And then we just show them where they're wrong? Not at all. Sounds like a few of you have been to that dinner before. It's really good. As for the one who's weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Don't quarrel over opinions. And the quarrel here isn't like a fist fight. We're not like duking it out in the parking lot. Quarrel here is debate. Welcome them in without the intention of debating them on their opinion. To welcome means to love. To welcome means to care for. To welcome them is almost like bring them under your wing. Take them in. That's what the word literally means. Take them in. Someone thinks different. Bring them into your home. Care for them. Love them. The goal is to love them. The goal is not to debate with them over our opinion. Jesus doesn't like it, by the way, when we take our opinions and elevate them to the same level of his commandments. Uh, This was a bone he had to pick with the Pharisees. Mark chapter seven, verses six through eight. Jesus says to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it's written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. Check this out. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Doctrine is like truth. It's standard. It's what what God says. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men, elevating our things and bringing them to the same level of God's. You You leave the commandment of God and hold to the traditions of men. This is a serious issue. It's something we've all been guilty of at one point or another, taking the things that we hold near and dear to our heart that might fall into that category of non-essential or in that category of a gray area issue the text does not explicitly speak of and we elevate those things to the same level of God's law. Jesus says, don't do that. We can't do that. 
As I said before, Paul offers two illustrations. The first one he's going to give us is diets. What should a Christian eat? Verse 2, one person, this is the stronger believer, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. This is my memory verse for the day. The weak person eats only vegetables. (laughs) Just kidding. It's opinion, right? We're not going to fight. If you want to be a vegan, I don't care. Be a vegan. But that's not me. But it's totally fine. This is going to be the email thing today. I don't like the thing you said about vegans. That's fine. (laughs) I love you. I welcome you. But we don't quarrel over opinions. We just poke fun at each other from the pulpit. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Why is this a big deal to them? Because if you rewind into the Old Testament, there were all these ceremonial laws and rules and regulations that people had to follow. You could only eat this. You could never eat this. You could touch these things. You could never touch these things. There's all of this law uh, that God, uh, his people Israel, he said, you're going to live this way so you're distinct and different from the world. And one of the ways that you are going to be so different from the world, you're going to live different, and you're going to act different, you're even going to eat different. Now, this is right for us to be different from the world. We saw in Romans 12, don't be conformed to the world, be transformed. If you see James chapter 1, that brother of Jesus, he says, true religion is this, it's taking care of orphans, it's taking care of widows, and keeping yourself unstained from the world. We should look different. Our lives should look categorically different from the world. But when Christ died and rose again, that old ceremonial law, the old covenant, that died when Christ rose from the dead. We have a new covenant now. So it's not about eating the right things and drinking the right things and celebrating the right days. It's all about placing faith, hope, trust in Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through our life and change us so we're different from the world. Not just doing, 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 and doing. First Timothy 4, 4 through 5, for everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it's made holy by the word of God and prayer. The weak believer here is the one rejecting things that God has said are good, and doing that because they believe it makes them somehow more holy, it somehow makes them better, it somehow makes them more righteous. Verse 3, let not the one who eats says the stronger believer, despise the one who abstains. Despise here is to count another's opinion as worthless. Like you're so caught up in living out all the rules, like you don't even get it. You're just so religious. You're big on religion, but me, I'm big on relationship with the Lord, man. We despise it. I don't even want to listen to your opinion. You're just, I don't even care what you have to say right now. Let not one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. Judgment here is like condemnation. You think you can do anything. Like you're probably going to hell based on the way you live. You just do everything you ever want because you say, Jesus said it's okay now. This is the way we treat each other. We see someone else's opinion and we either say, your opinion is just dumb, it's worthless. I'm not even gonna listen. Or we say, your opinion, like God's probably gonna judge you for that. He tells us, neither of us should do either. Why? Because God has welcomed us. God has invited us in. God has taken us in, regardless of what our differing opinions are about things. He brings us in. Verse four, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? We're we're no one. We're not the Lord. We're not the master. No one stands before us on the last day. We all stand before the Lord. That's what we'll get at the end. 
It's before his own master that he stands or falls and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. The first thing we see in this text is to not quarrel over personal opinion. Second thing we see in verses five through nine, we're told to be graciously convinced of your opinion in honor of the Lord. Be graciously convinced of our opinions in honor of the Lord. Here he brings in the second illustration. He begins talking about days. What days should a Christian, should a follower of Jesus celebrate? Verse five, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Here's a frustrating verse. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Well, who's right? Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. But that's not the question I'm asking. I'm asking who's right? Is it the one who celebrates specific days as more holy than others? Or is it the guy who just says they're all the same? One day is no different than another. Who's right? Each of them, in this matter of opinion, ought to be fully convinced in their own mind. Colossians 2.16 says this, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. If you have some personal convictions about the way that you have chosen to eat, be fully convinced in your own mind. Don't let someone pass judgment on you. If you're fully convinced about days that you believe Christians ought to celebrate just in honor of the Lord, that's fine. Don't let someone pass judgment on you. But this verse, each of us should be fully convinced in our own mind. I think a lot of the things Christians do and a lot of the things Christians believe is just because that's what I've always done. It's what I've always believed. It's how I grew up. Like I read, it, I read it on the internet one time, so that's what I believe now. Or I, I, heard, I heard a guy say it in a sermon once, so that's what I believe now. Or I saw it on YouTube, so I, that's what I believe now. Well, I sat in a small group and there was a smart guy who chimed in, so that's what I believe now. Like, is that really being fully convinced? I don't think it is. Like all the things we said yes and no to back in the beginning, the thing that you put in the blank, is it okay for a Christian to smoke cigars? If you said, yeah, I think that's okay. Okay, tell me why. No, I don't think it is. Okay, tell me why. Are you fully convinced on why a Christian should or should not be able to do that? So what if I have a beer with my dinner? Okay, are you fully convinced? Can you help me understand why you're making that decision? It's just just what you've seen. It's just what you know. It's just how you grew up. I think our traditions and our presuppositions are not the same exact thing of being fully convinced in our own mind, yet that's what Christ calls us to. He calls us to really be able to have a reason for the things we believe. Can you back it up with scripture? Are you fully convinced? In verse six, he takes our illustrations, diets and days, and brings both of them together. He says, the one who observes the day, this is the weaker brother, observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, this is the stronger one, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God while the one who abstains, this is the weaker one, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. So which brother, the weaker brother or the stronger brother is the one who honors the Lord and gives thanks to God? The answer is both. We have one brother holding to the opinion, this is the day we're supposed to celebrate. And we have another brother saying, all days are the same. We have this brother saying, you need to uphold a strict diet. And you have this brother saying, no, man, it's fair game. Both of them are doing it from a position in their heart and their motivation is to serve the Lord, give thanks to the Lord and honor the Lord. 
in any of our convictions, in any of our opinions, as we seek to be fully convinced, the motivation behind it must be our deep desire to please God and honor him. Not just it seems like a better way to live. It seems like a funner way to live. The motivation should be a desire for us to please God. Verse seven, for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we're the Lord's. To live as Christ, to die as gain. Everything is about Jesus. Everything is about him. Everything is about serving and pleasing the Lord. I love that statement. We are the Lord's. We are his possession. This is what it talks about. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. The Apostle Paul talking to the church in Corinth. He says, do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you're not your own. We don't belong to ourselves. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Friends, Jesus paid for us. He bought us on the cross. We are his. We are his possession. So when we live our life, the motivation ought to be to please him, to love him, to give thanks to him. That's the motivation. For to this end, Christ died and lived again that he might be Lord of both the dead and of the living, that he might be the Lord. It's a cool way to say he is the Lord. He is the Lord of the living and he is the Lord of the dead. We're told we should be graciously convinced of our opinions in honor of the Lord. The third thing we see in this text is that we will all give an account of our life before God. In verses 10 through 12, we see we will all give an account of our life before God. Verse 10, he says, why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? I love that he addresses both of the brothers right here. Right? I don't, if you have young kids or you've worked with kids, you, you do this thing a lot where you're addressing one kid and you shouldn't do this while the other kid is doing this. <laughs> told you, told you. You don't do this. But then Paul turns to the one who's like, told you. And he says, hey, I'm not done with you yet. You don't do this either. Why do you despise your brother and you, you do, do you not see you're both just passing judgment on each other here? Do you not see you're both guilty of the same exact thing? What's the old saying? Every time you point a finger, there's three more fingers pointing right back at you. You're just as guilty, just as wrong, just as worthy of being judged. Don't pass judgment on your brother and you don't despise your brother. Why? I thought we're the judge. I thought we're the jury. I thought we're the executioner. No, for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Why is it not up to me to judge someone's opinion? Because someday they will stand before the judge and be judged for their opinion. I don't judge righteously. I'm pretty biased in the way I judge people. The way I measure people is, do they believe the same things I believe and do the things that I do? God judges without bias. God judges with purity. God judges righteously. So when people stand before him, they will be judged for their opinions. We don't have to because he will. For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, 
Each of us will give an account of himself to God. Let me say this real quick. This isn't um, for the believer. Maybe this is new to you. Every single one of us will stand before Jesus. All of us. And if we've placed our faith, our hope in Christ, when we stand before him, it's not a judgment of salvation. Romans chapter eight, verse one says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There's no condemnation. So if you've placed your faith, your hope, your trust in Christ and Christ alone for your salvation, when you stand before him, it's to account for your life. This is what the scriptures teach. 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. We give an account for our life and then we receive. What do we receive? We receive rewards from the Lord. Based upon the way that we live our life here, the way that we steward the life that God has given us that really belongs to him, we're rewarded based upon the way we live our life. Each and every one of us will stand before him. And I love what it says. It says, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. There will be a day where every single person will finally realize that Jesus Christ really is the Lord. Here's the sad reality. For many people, it'll be too late. It'll be too late. They'll finally acknowledge, they'll see who Christ is and realize, man, this is the Lord. This is the Lord. And then Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. Yeah, for us, we spend so much time arguing and bickering and quarreling about what? Opinions. That's what we spend our time talking with each other about. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Well, I disagree. Let me tell you why I believe this. And that's not in itself, it's not entirely wrong. We have differing opinions and there's reasons uh, and opportunities for us to come and talk with each other and see where we disagree uh, and, and learn from one another and see why we have these different perspectives or see why we hold that thing near and dear to our heart or see why denominationally this church is different or this church is different. What I love about God's church, I don't know if you've been in like a lot of different churches, but they're all different. Have you noticed that? They're all different. And do you know what? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And somehow there's churches up the road, there's churches down the road that are radically different than us and God will use those churches to reach people that somehow we were unable to reach. And somehow we're able to reach people that the churches around us, they're unable to reach. And instead of bickering and quarreling about opinions and matters of non-essential doctrines, all of us should be able to sit across from the table to one another Agree on the main thing. And friends, the main thing is Jesus. Say, I love you. It's okay we're on a different page on a few things. It's okay your opinion is different than mine. Here's one. It's okay that you vote different than me. It's all matters of opinion. We ought to seek to please him. We ought to seek to honor him. We ought to seek to love him. We don't need to judge people's opinion. Why? Because the reality is all of us will stand before God and he will judge us for our opinions. Let us spend our time not fighting about the non-essentials and not fighting about opinions and instead fighting for the people in our community. Let us fight them. Let us love them. Let us not try to win an argument, but win people towards Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to give you real quick, just three 
helpful things because I do believe there's a place where we can discuss matters of opinion and places where we can discuss non-essential doctrine, um, not in a way that's quarrelsome because that's not what God calls us to. Let me read one more scripture. 2 Timothy 2, 23 and 24 says this, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. Uh, So let me say this. I'm giving you three little quick application points for how to talk about matters of opinion. And the goal here is never to fight. The goal here is to be kind, to teach, to testify to your own convictions, and to be fully convinced of what you believe in honor of the Lord. So three things. How do we talk about matters of opinion? First thing is this. Remember, love is the goal. Remember, love is the goal. Not being right, it's love. That's Romans 12. Let love be genuine. Let everything we do be done in love. John 13, 34 and 35, we've mentioned it a few times throughout our study in Romans. Uh, Jesus says, the whole world, you'll know my disciples by how? By love. Not your ability to argue. Not if you can make a point. Not if you can show why you're right. The world will know that we are Christians. The world will know that we are followers of Jesus by the love that we have for each other. We have to remember love is always the goal. Second thing, if you find yourself talking about matters of opinion, I'd encourage you look to win a friend, not an argument. Look to win a friend, not an argument. Romans 12, 18, we're told to live peaceably with all. As far as it depends on us, we ought to live peaceably with all. So when we find ourselves having conversations about things that might be a bit controversial, the goal is to win a friend, not an argument. Third thing from James 1, 19 through 20, say less, listen more. Say less, listen more. That's that old rule, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Maybe use the ratio. Just listen. Listen, maybe you'll, maybe you'll learn something new about a friend of why they believe the things that they believe. Maybe they'll, they'll share something about something in life that happened to them or something in life that happened, something they did, something that was done to them, and you'll gain a new, unique, beautiful perspective on how God has created that person to the person they are that day. Maybe you'll learn more. The better you know someone, the better you can love them. Don't quarrel about personal opinions. Be graciously convinced of our opinions in honor of the Lord because each and every one of us will give an account to God. There's lots of opinions of how things should be. There's lots of opinions of how things should be. In the New Testament, you had the Judaizers, these people who said, man, once you come to faith in Christ, you have to do all these other things as well. You gotta make sure you follow the ceremonial law and circumcision and everything else. And if you're gonna follow Christ, you have to do that. Uh, In Romans 14, we see uh, arguments about diets and arguments about days and later arguments about drinking, arguments about the way things should be in the 90s and the 80s. And even now you have the Baptists right? Don't smoke, don't drink, don't dance, don't chew, don't grow with any girls who do. We all have opinions. We all have convictions and God calls us to be fully convinced of those things in our mind, but never to fight, never to quarrel, only to welcome one another in and in doing so we give thanks and honor and glory to God. Church, let that be us. Let us be so caught up in sharing the gospel and loving other people that we don't have time to fight about non-essentials and opinions. 
Let people truly see our love and see, man, that's a church that really loves Jesus. That's a church who's not concerned about being right in their own eyes, but just following the Lord. That's who we want to be. We just want to be a church that follows Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. God, we love you. We're grateful for you. God, would you convict us this morning if there's been times and opportunities where we're so concerned with just trying to be right or prove a point? God, would our goal not be convincing people? Would the goal not be condemning people? But would our only goal be encouraging others towards faith in Christ? God, there's so many things we could fight about. There's so many things we could quarrel about. But there's one thing that we want to keep the main thing, and his name is Jesus. So this morning, God, we place our faith, we place our hope, we place our trust in you. God, thank you for this morning. We respond now in a time of worship. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you join us and stand as we sing? That's who we praise this morning. We thank him, we rejoice in him and who he is and what he's done on our behalf. Friends, if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Christ, maybe you've been stuck in religion your whole life, maybe you were raised with some traditions and some pre-understandings about the way things are, but have no real love for the Lord, we would love to talk with you this morning and introduce you to Jesus. There's a bunch of ways that we can help you do that. You can come down after service. I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to pray with you. Our prayer team would love to talk with you. They'd love to pray with you. There's that connect card. You can write your info down and say, hey, I wanna talk to someone about life or I wanna follow Jesus. We will reach out to you this week and help you get that started. Friends, let's not be caught up in convincing people. Let's not be caught up in condemning people with a different opinion. Let's only encourage them and point them towards faith in Jesus Christ. Amen.